Have you ever had a child do something that was just incredibly foolish? Maybe it was a student of yours. Maybe it was a, it was a grandchild of yours. I was walking. I was working at a day camp, and I was walking a child to their swim lessons. And we had a lap pool, and next to the lap pool was a was a diving pool. So it was much much deeper. Well, this child was probably six or six years old, five or six years old, and so and, and he knew the drill. He knew he was going to meet his swim instructor, and he was going to get changed and go into the lap pool. So I'm walking him down, and we go past the diving pool and the child looks at me and then he looks at the diving pool he looks at me he looks at the diving pool and do you know what this child did he goes Whoop! and he went straight down in the water and my heart stopped beating <laughs> hi i'm mark and this is your daily cornerstone connection well there's good news the child did not drown <laughs> the lifeguards were leaped off faster than i've ever seen anybody go before and they scooped up the child he spit up a little bit of water and he was okay and I was just like what would compel you to do that <laughs> if you've worked with kids before or if you had kids you probably have had a situation when you've been like you know that was a very foolish thing you did what would compel you to do that man uh, well I, I thought about that as I was reading in my devotions I, I was in the book of Exodus and uh, as, as I'm reading through this, uh, uh, learning a lot about Moses here, and, and I came to a part here in uh, just after the, 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 the just after Moses is about to bring down the Ten Commandments, a great pivotal part of Scripture, um, and we have this very famous story um, of, of really of idolatry, of foolishness, um, and it happens in Exodus chapter 32. Um, and many of you are, are will be familiar with this, but the people of Israel, who or the people of, of God that, that God has called them brought out of Egypt and saved them from slavery, uh, they actually build an idol to the gods of Egypt to thank them for bringing them through the desert, which is exactly what God did. Now, I just have to say, the severity of this cannot be overstated. Idolatry is always like a huge no-no um, in God's eyes. You know, and, and I could talk for probably a while about how we even struggle with idolatry in modern America and what that looks like. But, but back in Bible times, they, 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 they had all these different gods. And that was one of the big reasons why God was bringing them up out of Egypt. Yes, there was slavery, and we could talk a lot about that. But God said, I want my people to be free to worship me uh, without, without any restrictions, and so I'm going to bring them out into the desert. And Moses said that multiple times. So he said, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go, right? They bring, let them come out into the desert so that they can worship their God freely. And then Pharaoh was like, no. But part of that slavery that Pharaoh had them under is that they, they were filled with this worship of all these Egyptian false gods. And this was a horrible, horrible thing. So, okay, so now, now we know that that idolatry is always wrong. So this is what God does. God frees them and God brings them out and God goes into time and space um, and he does something incredible. He does a variety of miracles in the land of Egypt. He parts the Red Sea and the people go through. They do all of that and then the people do probably the, the not only do they commit idolatry, but they literally take the miracles of God that God adjusted in their life and they attribute it to the false gods of Egypt. I mean, I'm just like, what? That is a really foolish thing to do. I mean, you're almost begging uh, the wrath of God to come down on you, right? And this is exactly where we jump into. I, I want to read you this verse. It's in uh, chapter 32, and it's, 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 it's verse 4 here. It says, and, and this is talking about Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. 
And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Man, I mean, talk about doing the most foolish thing you can possibly do. Because not only are they doing idolatry, but they're doing idolatry. Plus, they are attributing the miracle that God has done in their life to the false god. That is a very, that is a very foolish thing. And it, I want to jump down to the second half of verse 12. Um, and now, because God has seen this. And God becomes so angry, he approaches Moses and he says, I am going to like destroy these people for, for what they've done. And Moses does not do what Mark would do. Because, what, because the interesting thing in all of this is God never says, Moses, you are busted. You are done. You are out. No, Moses says, I'm, God said, I, Moses, I'm still going to make you a great nation. But, I'm, but these people, these people that did this thing, this foolishness, I'm going to wipe them out. Now, Mark would be like, well, all right, <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, more for me. No, but, but, but Moses, thank goodness, Moses is not, is not like Mark. Be less like Mark and more like Moses. That's the takeaway here. Uh, Moses gets down and he intercedes on behalf of the people. He literally goes and he begs on behalf of the people. He says in the second half of verse 12, it says, turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. But remember Abraham, Isaac, Israel, your servants, of whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring. You've made these promises. And, and then it says in verse 14, and the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken. You see, Moses intercede. Moses put himself between God's wrath and the people. What a cool thing. You know, I look at my life, my, what, what, what this made me think of, and, and there's a lot of things that can make you think of in here, but what it, what it made me think of is, you know, I oftentimes get frustrated when people don't have the same how do I say it? Maybe the same flavor of Christianity that I have. You know, they don't have the same stances as, as you know as, as I take or, or, or whatever. You know, something will happen, and, and at that point, I wish God's wrath on them. Right? It's like, okay, you know, you could do it your way. I'm not going to tell you how to do, live your life. I'm just going to stand back and, and you know wait for you to be destroyed by the fire. That's not what Moses does. Moses pleads with God on their behalf, and I think, man, what a what an incredible gut check for me. That the next time I see someone doing something incredibly foolish, not to stand back and say, okay, but to get on my knees and to plead for God's mercy in that person's life. That's more like Moses and less like Mark. And so that's the challenge. Be more like Moses and less like Mark. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.